Thanks for tuning in to PR Hangover. You're listening to a bi-weekly public relations podcast brought to you by Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Olivia Dolly, and I want to thank you for choosing this podcast to hear your PR Hangover. This week's episode of PR Hangover features Lauren Freud. She is currently the social media manager at Canva. Lauren recently spoke with our PRSSA chapter about her role at Canva and her previous experiences in social media marketing and creative marketing performance. Lauren shares her very impressive background in education and all of her public relations and marketing experiences, and she dives a little bit into her roles at Taco Bell, some startups, and her current role as the social media manager at Canva. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Lauren Freud. Lauren, welcome to PR Hangover. I am looking forward to speaking with you and kind of diving deeper into last week's meeting recap. Since I was unable to attend the meeting last week, this is all a new, fresh perspective, so I'm really looking forward to your insight. Um, How are you? How are things going? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Olivia. Yes, the uh, presentation that I got to give to PRSSA and the Ad Club last week was amazing. You guys have some amazing students there who asked great questions, and it was a really engaging session. So absolutely love that and then love being able to come on again this week um, and chat with you and kind of fill in those blanks of maybe what we missed. So yeah, just really happy to be here. Well, we're really happy to have you back. Uh, Just kind of like a quick question for me. How did you get involved with PRSSA, specifically our chapter? Yeah, Caitlin reached out to me, I think, end of last year, end of 2022. Um, I was very flattered and super excited. Um, I spoke when she contacted me, I had recently spoke at a university near where I live in California. So it was great timing to be able to schedule another one. And I really love talking to that age group because one, I feel like I learn a lot. I mean, I work in social media, which is very young skewing audience. And so I always want to know, you know, how people are navigating that space, either as a consumer or as a potential, you know, employee in the space, and also just like what it's like to get a job right now, or what it's like to be in college getting internships right now. Um, I feel like in the past three years, things have changed so much. So um, it's really, it's a great learning experience for me, as I hope it was for the students. Absolutely. And again, we really appreciate that effort to wanting to help students and teaching us more about some tips for internships and that kind of thing. Just kind of wondering where in California are you from? I know that you mentioned that you are from the California area. Yeah, I'm in Orange County, Southern California, born and raised, never left. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't blame you. I wouldn't leave you (laughs) there. I I do have family in Michigan, though, so uh, it was it was nice to see where you guys were. Um, And if I was visiting, I would love to come in person one day. But um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So just speaking um, with your background in public relations and advertising, what led you to pursue a degree in public relations? Yeah, great question. So um, I took my first marketing class when I was in high school. And to be completely honest with you, I took it because I was told that it was the easiest class to take. And I <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the truth. But when I took it, I really fell in love 
with marketing. I thought it was just so interesting and fun and it didn't feel like work, um, which I feel like as a high schooler, you're so done with learning and working, but just going through all these marketing campaigns and different strategies was a really fun hobby for me. So that's what kind of ignited that from there. I learned that uh, marketing is obviously like a huge umbrella and I wanted to explore all the different avenues within it. So um, I did a little exploration in communications, marketing and public relations. And when I was applying for colleges, I thought I definitely wanted to go down the route of PR. And um, I had heard about advertising and I had some experience with an ad agency and an internship. So um, I attended Chapman University, which at the time, I'm sure it's changed now because it, advertising is a lot more popular, but at the time it was one of the two colleges in the country that had a dual major of PR and advertising. Uh, the other one being Boston University, which as a California girl, I don't think I could have handled that. So I chose Chapman, which is in Southern California. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what led me to it. And during my time at Chapman, um, I had an amazing advertising professor and just, I feel like it's all about how it's taught to you at kind of like a younger age and the way advertising was taught and presented to me was honestly just more exciting uh, to me than PR, creative focus and creation. Um, a lot of the PR that I was taught was honestly like risk management, which I was nervous about. So I liked I liked being in the very creative realm of it. Uh, so that's what led me to uh, study PR and ad and why I ultimately chose ad. Yeah, no, absolutely. At our school, it's also a combined degree program, but nice. just, yeah, looking around at some of the surrounding universities, it's not like that. They're always separate. And so it's really nice that your university as well has that best of both worlds kind of feature to it and just getting a little bit of a taste for both since they are pretty integrated. Totally. It's definitely been very um, it's been a great like add-on to have, to have that perspective. And that's what I tell a lot of people who either they're starting out and they want to get into a career that they don't really have experience in, or they want to pivot their career is I've found working at different companies that that shouldn't be something that you're nervous about or ashamed of. It should be an asset to show that even though you only have a little experience in, you know, the thing that you're wanting to go towards, you have this background in PR or something else that's related to it and bringing an extra perspective or a new perspective is really valuable. So yeah, no, absolutely. So kind of just speaking in terms of your experiences in both like the, <clears throat> excuse me, the local nonprofit media and other large corporations ranging from like Taco Bell and Shutterfly and just all of these really well-respected companies. Um, what made you kind of take that initiative to step a little bit above and beyond what your uh, student colleagues, students around you were doing? Oh yeah, in terms of the amount of internships. <laughs> yeah, um, I think honestly from, you know, my high school time to early college, I was never really into sports or anything like within the arts when it came to hobbies, but I was really passionate about marketing and internships. And so I really just spent most of my time doing that while other people did other things. Um, so it was really, it was that, that kind of was the catalyst for it. And then what kept me going on that track to have so many different internships before I graduated was I really wanted to learn as much as possible while I was in kind of 
I don't know, I'll call it like my beta period, which is like before I kind of launch into the world um, as an official adult, an official full-time job. I wanted to treat those internships as kind of like taste tests of different things within marketing or advertising and learn along the way what I liked and what I didn't like. So when, you know, another year, another semester came along, I could look for something that for the most part had all the things I liked and less of the things I didn't like to get more and more towards my end goal. And you're never going to get it perfect. I mean, like even now I'm still learning what I like and what I don't like and making sure that my career is going more and more towards what my strengths are and what I like my challenges to be. Um, But that was just something that led me to have all those internships was just trying to like dwindle down exactly like what I liked and what I didn't like. So my first job would be maybe less of a less of a shock, I guess you could say, or um, it would be something that I knew at least I liked X amount of things of it. No, yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like, especially around this time period, we're able to kind of job jump and look for what we're really, truly passionate about. And it's not just like, oh, you have this one job and you're going to stick with that one job forever. Definitely, yeah. So speaking in terms of your experiences in social media and strategy, what kind of does your creative process look like with content ideation? Yeah, it's a big process. Um, It's a long process, but um, throughout all the different companies I've been at, it's generally the same content creation process. Normally, if we're talking about campaigns and not something that's just like a trend and we're being reactive on it, if it's a campaign, then that process usually looks like a brand team telling uh, the social team, the website team, all these different teams like, hey, we're going to support XYZ this year. This is the messaging we want to get across. Um, This is what we want to touch on. Just all these details. We get briefed on that as a social team. I then go off and make my own social brief. So I take all the relevant information from that brand brief that I need to know, and then I translate it to the creatives in a social first way. So if it's promoting this, then I think based on my social knowledge, that should go on TikTok because we're trying to target XYZ audience. And there's a trend going on that would really go hand in hand with this. So things like that, I make my social media brief around that. And then I meet with our creative team, our content creation team, and chat about, okay, this is what we want. These are the deliverables that we're looking at, Um, nail down timings, talk through any questions they may have. And then from there, we do a few back and forth rounds. They create stuff, I give feedback, et cetera. And then once we get to a really good place, uh, the assets are complete. We set them live on social, which is the exciting part. Um, And then it does not stop there. Uh, You also have to do the reporting and performance side of it. So once it's out in the world, give it a little time, however however much that may be for your preferences. And then you go in, you say, okay, like how did this post do? And you compare it to benchmarks that you have. Um, So you should always have a list of like, this is how our Instagram posts uh, uh, usually perform. They normally get this amount of engagement, this amount of eyes, whatever. Um, And then you can compare it to that and then have a full robust report um, that is readable by the whole team, not just the social team of how it performed. And that is pretty much start to finish what the process looks like. Um, again, this is kind of a campaign process. If it was reactive, there's a trend, we got to hop on it. You can kind of cut out that first part of being briefed. And it's more so me frantically 
slacking the creatives. Hey, there's this trend. Can we hop on it right now? Giving them the down low. Uh, so a little bit more scrappy. But yeah, those are like two examples of the kind of creative process that we go through. Wow. I definitely feel like social media managers are under, you know, like they're not as appreciated or well-respected as they should be because there's a lot that goes into social media. I personally don't think I could do it. Just, it seems <laughs> stressful and really fast paced, but it's something that like, I feel like we need, but we don't really consider oftentimes. Totally. I think that's something that's hopefully changing. I've seen it change little by little of, um, you know, people are viewing social media less as like, oh, that's the intern's job and more of like, that's a whole team that's needed and something that can have, you know, millions of dollars put behind it, something that could uh, gain whatever you want, customers, followers, anything like that. It's, it's truly such a powerful marketing tool, especially in this day and age. I know I'm going to sound biased, but I think it's more important than, you know, commercials in the sense that you can measure it a lot more. And I think when you can measure something, you can really provide, you could really prove what the value is. So I totally agree with you. I do think times are changing luckily, and people are more and more understanding how important it is. Um, not just, the value of it, but also because it's so valuable, how many people you need on a social team. And it's not a one man's job uh, because it is a lot of work, but it's great work and it can really make a difference within companies. Yeah, no, exactly. What would you say in terms of like the analytics and that sort of thing, would you say is the most challenging to kind of get across to an audience? Um, are you talking about measuring the analytics? Like what's, what's most yeah. difficult about that? It's I think the most difficult part is kind of compartmentalizing all the different channels, right? Because there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. And they all have their own objectives, their own audiences. We have different KPIs that we look at for each one. So I think the most difficult part is like dividing time and making sure that you're giving a little TLC to each one of them, um, you know, maybe for TikTok, it's views, that's your company's KPI. And you're really trying to pull out all your strategies to make sure that it sees as many or that as many eyes see it as possible. But for Instagram, maybe it's engagement and you have to spend all your time and energy on making sure that the content and the copy is engaging. And then when you go to report that, it's kind of making sure that you're staying within the headspace of like, this is for this one, this is for this one. Um, and so I, I would say that's the most difficult part is just you have so many, it's kind of like having a bunch of children and they all have different needs um, and making sure that you're splitting your time and your efforts evenly to their individual KPIs. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of times when we are creating social content, whether it's for Grand PR, PRSSA, which are within our PRSSA chapter, we kind of ignore those key performance indicators and we kind of just do whatever content we think sounds good, but without actually measuring how well it's doing. And so I really like that you take that, obviously you have to take that into account, but I think that it's just something that is a good reminder for a lot of us. And so I know that as a social media manager, you work among a lot of different teams with various different roles and that sort of thing. But when you are creating the content and you're trying to think of ideas, content ideation, that sort of realm, do you ever deal with writer's block or content dilemma? And if so, how do you deal with that? How do you navigate that when there are certain deadlines that you have to hit? 
Yeah, I definitely feel like when you're working with social media all day, especially, you know, I go on social media when I'm not working just for fun. So it seems like extra. Um, And so I definitely feel like sometimes I get a bit of like a burnout feeling creatively if I feel like I've seen everything or I feel like none of the trends could work for ideas that I have and I feel like when that happens I like to switch mediums so if I'm on TikTok I'm like I can't with these trends it's too much (laughs) we can't find anything that fixes it or that works with our brand so I'll hop off of it and maybe I'll go on to a different social media channel maybe I'll put myself in a different headspace of like let's get out of the trends why don't we just like make our own content? What does that look like? Just coming up with um, content that's more brand first. So I would say how I combat that is really just like kind of putting on a different thinking cap and taking a break from it because it definitely does get a little overwhelming. And I think during those times, you just need to take a break so you think more clearly and can create content that's best for your brand and not get stuck down the social media rabbit hole, which is way too easy to do. Especially, like you said, in this day and age and that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. So um, speaking on your current role as the social media manager for Canva, um, I know that every day is probably going to look a little differently, but what does a typical day in the life look like? Typical day in life, whenever I get this question, I like to say, I like to challenge it with a typical month to month because I feel like every day is a little different. Um, Our typical month to month is very similar to what I was talking about before of the process. So we have that going on in the background of our month to month. Um, We also love staying on top of like TikTok trends and just trends in general. So we'll have meetings on that, meetings on different creative that we found that we think that we could hop on from a Canva lens. Um, We have a lot of meetings going over um, our performance. So looking at the different types of content that we put out and how it performed against all of our benchmark numbers. Um, There's a lot of things that go on every month. And I feel like with social media specifically, we need to keep track of all these different mediums, all our different content, and then also what's going on in the other mediums, like what's working for the community team, what's working for the engagement team, the email team, et cetera, um, because there's always great times to partner as well. So to sum that up, I think we have our whole social process that's going on. We have keeping up with trends that's going on keeping up with our goals through performance, and then also um, staying in touch with all of our other teams and making sure we're getting updates on how their stuff is going and if we can partner with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like um, with like the different realms and everything that there's so much going on and there's so many different teams and how you guys are managing everything. So since you were, you are currently the manager and you kind of oversee everything, um, I'm assuming that you are also on one of the team side of the the spectrum. Um, What do you think is like your favorite part or favorite area of being on that social media side? I think my favorite part is probably whenever we get this really nice mixture of being able to hop on something, it doesn't have to be a trend, but just maybe like a cultural insight 
and it perfectly fits with something that's already on the Canva brand. Maybe it's a product or a feature that we have. Maybe it's just kind of like our brand values. Um, I think that's kind of every social media strategist, like perfect dream is when those two things, uh, you know, intersect and it doesn't happen often, but it's really exciting when it does because it's a perfect challenge and it's a really nice way to show the world that that has been something you've had for a while, whether it be a product, a feature, or just like your brand morals and how it can coincide with something that now everyone's excited about and talking about. So I would say like that very niche moment is my favorite part. Um, doesn't happen often, but it does happen enough for me to know that like, that's what gets me excited. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we've already been doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I guess, what do you think um, in terms of posting and certain timing? Do you think that there are certain days of the week and specific times that are easier to reach audience members than others? I think there are for different brands and different channels. Um, I think we've identified as Canva what those days and times are. I don't think we stick to them like to a T. It's not like, oh, time's passed. We can't post it. And I don't think any channel should look at it like that um, because I don't think days and times hold that much weight. Um, but I think if you're a brand, you should definitely, when you're analyzing your content performance, try to see if there's any themes or um, coincidences with the performance and the times and days. And if there are, take note of it and keep it in the back of your head. And when a time or a day doesn't matter for a piece of content, yeah, put it out the day that you know performs well. But other than that, I don't think it holds as much weight as it used to like five years ago. I remember that being a really big thing is the time and the day we posted at some of my earlier companies. And I think now because the algorithms are so different on each of these channels, and it matters so much more about keywords and SEO and the content that goes out there. And if you're using a popular sound and all of these things, I think um, I think the day and time has really kind of fallen low on the priority list, but it never hurts, right? Yeah, I guess that kind of goes into my next question is how do you how do you work with digital marketing and SEO strategies in that sort of realm? Yeah, we definitely partner with all of our SEO specialists. Um, I've done that in my past companies as well. I think it's something that's very important, especially now how our TikTok and Instagram and everything is really prioritizing those keywords. So I definitely think that that's something important to always keep in mind when you're getting your content out there and building that into the strategy and not having it as an afterthought. Yeah, I think that um, that's something that I'm doing in my internship right now is like the SEO strategy. And I never really realized how prevalent that those certain keywords are when you are creating. I know it makes such a difference. And I've I've uh, tested it out on my own personal channels just because I use those as kind of my like experiment corner. And I've just noticed how much of a difference it really does make even with me who like I don't have nearly as many followers as any of the brands that I've worked on but it's almost nicer when you have less followers to see it on a smaller scale because then you can see those really like tiny differences that things make yeah no absolutely and then um just kind of touching on the meeting that we that we had um, last Thursday, is there anything that you wanted to really share with the listeners who maybe weren't able to attend the meeting? 
Yeah. Oh gosh. Where do I start? Um, really in the meeting, I just, I went over my background. I know we touched on that, how important internships are and why they're important of kind of like deciding what's, what's, what your strengths are, what you enjoy doing, et cetera. Um, I also went into, you know, what I've done at my previous jobs, uh, which a lot of fun things have touched a lot of different things, which have gotten me to my role now at Canva. Um, and I guess if I were to kind of recap anything that's most important, I would say at the end, I, I gave a few pieces of advice just in general, not necessarily social media management specific. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever given and that I like to give to people who are looking for jobs or internships, uh, but specifically jobs is to find out what's most important to you and prioritize that. Um, and what I mean by that is I feel like when you look at jobs and hopefully when you're in the interview stage, all of a sudden you have all these options and like, I don't know if I like this company better or this one, or you're weighing the pros and cons. And I think the most important thing that I've learned is there are so many different factors, right? There's compensation, there's what your team's like, there's what your boss is, there's the brand name. Is that most important to you? And there's no right or wrong answer, but there is a right answer for you at that time in your life. And I think the most important part is to identify what that is prioritize that. So when you're in that interview stage and you're in the offer stage and the exploration stage, you're staying true to what you know that you want. And I feel like that's going to get you in the happiest place at that time. Totally fine to change what your priority is later on. I've changed mine as well as you just like evolve and get older and more along in your career. But I've found that that's the best piece of advice. It's just Really look within yourself, decide what's most important to you in your career, and then go after the job or the company that will get you there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that advice. I think that, you know, like trying to find where your heart truly is, is where your, your work is going to be the best. Definitely. It's where you're going to be happiest as well, because burnout's definitely a thing. And uh pressure from, you know, friends or colleagues is definitely a thing as well. When you hear people are working at this like really big brand name company, or they're making a lot of money, or their team is super fun. You can't have it all. And it's most important to decide what's, what's your priority. Um, so not feel pressured about the outside things and just look within yourself, prioritize that. And you'll be at a company that most likely is closest to where you'll be happiest. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess with all of your experiences, you know, with nonprofit and then also companies like Taco Bell and just like a lot of really big name brands, um, what did you kind of do to stand out from the rest of the applicants? Yeah, um, my nickname at Taco Bell was the intern girl during my interview process. Um, obviously, all my internships really stood out and it's really just anything that can make you stand out. If you do a bunch of internships, have a lot of experience, that's obviously going to make you stand out because you show that you have been on the other side of things. So for example, I had a lot of experience with ad agencies, but I was interviewing for, um, you know, the actual companies I was going to be on the client side. And I thought that that might be an issue at first, but um, it was actually, once I was hired, I was told that that was one of the most important things is because I have had that experience on the other side, I would now know how to best communicate with 
our ad agency as a client. So it's kind of what I mentioned before about not being too worried if you don't fit the bill exactly, or if you're going for a job that maybe you only had a little bit of experience in, but you've had a lot of experience in something that's adjacent to it. That can be used depending on how you storytell yourself in interviews or through your resume. That can be used as a really awesome thing. Absolutely. I know a lot of our students right now are looking for internships, but their their really big problem right now is just getting that first one to kind of jumpstart it. What do you think um, when people are like applying for so many different roles and they're still not getting that perfect fit? What kind of steps do you think that they should do or we should do to kind of get land that internship and have that experience? Yeah, I know that's definitely an issue with getting internships as well as full time jobs. Um, my first piece of advice would be to make sure that your resume is ATS approved, um, applicant tracking system. A lot of, especially big companies use this, your resume tracking system first, it picks out keywords according to what the job, uh, posting was. So unfortunately, sometimes if you don't have enough keywords that match that, then the system is going to just kind of throw your resume away before a real person sees it. So I noticed a huge difference when I started using ATS approved resumes. You can just Google it. There's so many, um, there's so many different templates out there that you can just like punch in all your info with. So definitely that just to get your foot in the door. I understand why a lot, it's like frustrating, but I understand why companies use it because they get so many applications and they want to make sure that the applications have like matching keywords to the job posting or the internship posting. So I'd make sure to do that first. And then after that, I know you guys probably hear this all the time, networking is most important. It really is. And I think the best way to network is to reach out with people that you have some sort of connection. They don't have to have gone to your school. Sometimes I've reached out to people who have been in my sorority at a different school, or I've reached out to people who worked at a company that I interned for, and maybe we weren't the same year, but we have that in common that we both worked at that company at some point in time. And I reach out to them and I really just want to know uh, how they're liking it there. And I want to know if they know anything about the department or the position in specific, how it compares to something else. So that's why it's really good to connect to people who have worked at another company that you have, because then you can reach out and say, hey, we both worked at X company. How similar is Y company to this? Like I did XYZ here. Would I be doing that there as well? And it just shows that you have very specific questions. You're not just like, here's my resume, pass it on, you know, because you should want to ask them very specific questions. It's a mutual selection process, right? Getting a job or an internship. And I know it can feel at times that you're like, I'll just take anything. I was definitely in that period as well, but you should always make sure that something's a right fit for you too, and totally fine walking away from something if it's not. So making sure that you're connecting with the right people and networking and asking those questions when you have time with them, setting up phone calls is great. Um, and creating that relationship. Um, and then lastly, you know, to not get caught up with like brand names or company sizes. I have learned so much at really small places. I've been at big places where maybe I didn't learn as much as I thought I would. And, you know, no one really knows what goes on behind the scenes sometimes when you look at a company you're like oh my god big brand name whatever um but sometimes you know when you're working at those smaller medium-sized places you're wearing so many hats that you learn so much quicker 
So um, my last thing is like, I would say, you know, don't knock something just because of the size or the name, really find out what you would be doing there. And if it's something that lines up with your values and where you want to take your career path. Absolutely. I think that that is important even as an intern, just because, you know, you want to work in something that you're interested in. Yeah. And you want to get that experience. So when you go on to the next the next step, whether that be a real job or another internship or whatnot, that you can bring things to the table and you don't have to like relearn something or feel like you're behind because that time you spent at your internship was really valuable and they taught you things. Absolutely. And then I guess one last question, it might kind of tie into what you just talked about, but um, is there any piece of advice that you learned in undergrad that you wish you would have known that you know now? Mm, that I learned in undergrad. To be honest, like I learned, I learned most of what I know now through my internships and through getting like that real world experience. Um, I think the most I honestly learned in undergrad while I was at school was were like working on projects and working with different teams because I think that's most applicable to what I do now, which I always have to work with so many different teams. I'm always meeting new people every day of like, hey, I'm Lauren from the social team. I would like help on this project. (laughs) So I think what I took from my undergrad was really like how to work, how to work best well with others really of different backgrounds coming together on a project. And most importantly, learning where someone else is coming from and what their strengths are. So you can work most compatibly that way. I've been in situations um, in my jobs where sometimes there's been tension because there's two different uh, teams and they want the same thing, but they're frustrated that the other one's taking longer or this or that. And I think the most important thing is to really take the time to sit down with someone and understand what their job is and like how, what they do every day and how long it takes to do something. Because I think once you better understand people, you can work better with them because you know their day-to-day, you know how it works and you know how to approach them with things. Um, So I would say that working on my group projects in undergrad was definitely something that's helped me in the real world. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you learn how to, like you said before, work with so many different people and learn so many different learning styles and then also learn your leadership skills. So Mm -hmm. that's really Yeah. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for spending time with us here today and also last week and just giving some of your really valuable insight and sharing your experiences and how it shaped you as a professional in your daily life and in your career. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me both on this podcast and also last week with your with your PRSSA and ad students. Um, It was it's really amazing. I love chatting with you guys. Um, And thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Um, if the leader, if the listeners would like to connect with you, is there somewhere that they can find your information? Yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I love, I love helping everyone, but especially you know college kids who are in that transition process of maybe wanting to get an internship or graduating and trying to get a new job. Um, I love helping with any and all resumes, um, interview skills, things like that. So feel free to reach out. Love to help. Well, you heard it there, folks. 
I will leave Lauren's contact information in the show notes below. But Lauren, again, thank you so much for being here and for choosing to help our students once again. It really means a lot to us in our chapter. And yeah, thank you so much.